Come on, let's give Him a great clap. I want to hear you clap to Him and shout to Him. We love you, Lord. We honor you, Lord. We welcome you today. We lift your name. You're the best. You're higher than every other name. We welcome you to come. Bring deliverance and healing into this place. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, please be seated. Wow, so good to be here with you again. Just uh, such an honor to be here. And I have my beautiful wife. We've been married 53 years now. And uh, just had our anniversary not so long ago. And we've got uh, seven children and 25 grandchildren now. So we're doing well. I've got my good friend Ian Wright from New Zealand has come to be with me. And uh, we share ministry and do stuff together. And Rolf, it's just great to see you too. I know you're watching. <laughs> Praise the Lord. I want you, if you've got a Bible with you, open up and have a look in uh, Ezekiel 37. I want to read about four verses in there. In Ezekiel 37, verse 1, The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the Spirit of the Lord. And He set me down in the midst of the valley. And it was full of bones. How about that? That's a nice vision, isn't it? Eh? And then he caused me to pass by them all around. And behold, there were very many in the open valley, and they were very dry. And they go down a little bit further, verse 10 and 11. And so I prophesied as he commanded me, and breath came into them. They lived and they stood on their feet, an exceeding great army. And he said to me, Son of man, these bones are the whole house of Israel. And notice their condition. Our bones are dry. Our hope is lost. And we ourselves are cut off. I want to share with you a message the Lord put on my heart uh, just about a month ago as I was praying and, and, uh, and I knew I had this opportunity. And the message called, Don't Draw Back. Engage Again. Don't draw back. Because everywhere I've gone in the last uh, year, I've noticed in churches all over the place that there's been uh, struggles and warfare go on. We noticed that he had a vision here, the prophet, and he saw a valley. Now, there are many valleys mentioned in the Bible, and valleys were places of warfare. They were places of conflict. They were places of battle. And so there's a number of valleys uh, are named in the Bible where people had conflicts, struggles, battles of different kinds. And uh, this is one of those valleys. And the Bible tells us this one, here's a valley of dry bones. And as he looked in the valley, he saw that there were many bones, and they're a picture of God's people, an army that had fallen in battle. They were soldiers, but they had fallen. They'd been defeated in the season of warfare. And it says their bones, there were very many. It wasn't just a few. There were very, very many. They were very dry, and they were scattered. And as I've been around churches uh, following the season of COVID when everything was shut down, I've noticed that many, many people never came back. Many, many people never came back to church. Many, many people became, they, they fell literally in the battle. In the last two or three years, been a constant media message, be afraid, save yourself. And when you listen to that, you're receiving a spirit that's exactly contrary to the spirit of Christianity, the spirit of faith that we're to walk in. When Peter spoke to Jesus, Jesus had just said, I'm about to go to Jerusalem. I'm going to suffer. I'll die. And then I'll rise again from the dead. All he heard was suffering. He never heard about the resurrection. And his immediate response was, be afraid and save yourself. Turn away from this thing that might cause you suffering or difficulty. And Jesus rebuked him and said, 
Get behind me, Satan. You're an offense or a stumbling block to me. In other words, he's saying that the spirit behind that message is a demonic power. And it is contrary to God and the mentality of God who causes us to give our lives, causes us to walk in faith, not in fear, causes us to have a mission and a vision and pursue an assignment. And so we see over these last few years, I've seen so many believers for a whole variety of reasons. It doesn't really matter what the reason is. If you've fallen in the valley and you become spiritually dry, then you're in the valley and you're dry and you need the breath of God to come back into you again. You need God's breath to come back into you again. You notice it says there they were very dry, withered, absolutely brittle, very, very dry. No life, no spirit life in them. And notice the second thing it tells us, it says that they had lost their hope, their dreams of the future, their plans for the future had been cut off. And in this last season of time, when uh, many churches all around our nation were closed and people were not able to travel, get around and do things, many dreams, many hopes, people's businesses closed down, people could not get to family engagements, there, were, there was much suffering, much disappointment came. Hopes that people had were just cut off, just like that. And it tells us there, it says they were cut off, which meant they become disconnected. So everywhere I've gone, I've noticed believers disconnected from the church, disconnected from God, disconnected from one another, just like in this passage here, dry and cut off. And of course, Ezekiel hears the voice of God say, can these bones live? Is it possible for people who once walked with God and have fallen down, fallen back, gone away, become dried out? Is it possible for them to live? I like the answer of the prophet. He said, well, you, you, uh, okay, God, you're the only one who knows the answer. That's a hard one, that one. But the answer is very clear. God, through, through the prophet, prophesied and brought life back into them. They began to come back together. They began to stand on their feet again. They began to become a, an army, a mighty army as the breath of God came into them. And although we've been through a season when it's very difficult, God is moving afresh by His Spirit. He's starting to breathe upon people again. He's calling people to hear His voice. And as we hear the voice of God and we begin to respond to God, His life comes into us. If you've become withered and you're dry. God wants life to flow back into you again. He wants you back on your feet if you've given up and you've quit and you've been overcome. He wants you to become connected again because this is enough for us to be part of something bigger than just ourselves. And so I want to just move on in, 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 into this area here in Hebrews 10 and verse 38. This is the verse I want to get to. It tells us the just shall live by faith. And if any man draw back, if anyone draw back, my soul has no pleasure in him. God wants a personal connection with us. He wants an intimate relationship. He wants to enjoy us. I know that's kind of, for many people, it's sort of a, unusual to think that God has created us to enjoy a relationship with him. He wants you to share your dreams and your hopes and to share the deepest part of your life with Him. That's what an intimate relationship is like. Sharing hopes, sharing dreams, sharing the things that we, we love and we're interested in, enjoying one another's company. And He says, he says if we draw back, 
then God finds no pleasure. In other words, when we draw back, we may be still coming to church. We may still be praying a little bit in the morning and perhaps having a Bible reading, but in our heart, we have drawn back from engaging with God. And when our heart draws back, there's a whole number of things happen. But one of the most important is that God does not find joy or pleasure in the relationship when we draw back. And you think about this. If you have someone you're in a relationship with and you trust one another and laugh and enjoy life together, and then for some reason they put a wall in their heart and draw back and don't trust you, that relationship is quite different. There's no joy in it. There's actually a puzzlement. What went wrong? What have I done that's caused you to draw back from me like that? And if I think of all the, the most painful experiences I've had through my life in ministry, they all have to do with people I was in relationship drawing away and drawing back and mostly not saying anything, just walking away as though the relationship had no value to them at all. And I've had people and I've met with them and had them in my home and sat with them and poured my heart out and shared the word of God, shared the principles of God, taught them to pray, ate together, drank together, talked in ministry, and then they walked away. And the grief is enormous. The joy and the pleasure that you had in the relationship's gone because they drew back, they drew away. And that's what the scripture is saying here, that we started by faith, we trusted Christ to save us, now God wants us to walk in a relationship where we stay connected. And I have found that many, many believers have drawn back in this last season. And I want to help you with that and identify the consequences of it and then three things that cause people to draw back. And then we have an opportunity for God to touch you, to touch you and revive you again. Because the reviving is not about an experience, it's about being connected to the source of life. And if something got into your heart and you've drawn back, you need to be revived again, reconnected, reconnected. It's about the reconnection. So what does it mean to draw back? What does it mean to draw back and why is this such an important thing? Well, in Hebrews 11, it's full of stories of men and it says this about them, that they pleased God. Without faith, Hebrews 11, 6, it's impossible to please God. So in other words, the one thing God wants most of all, he wants your heart to trust him and believe in him. He wants you to engage with him. And so you read through the men of faith and it's like God has taken a scan of, of 4,000 years of history and he selected a few names out of there. And the thing that he liked about them all is they had faith in their heart. That in the age they lived, the generation they lived, they held on to God and fulfilled what God called them to do. None of, them were any, none of them were perfect. They all had their problems. Abraham lied and was afraid. David committed adultery and murder. All of these people in the Bible, Samson got involved in immorality. There's so many of them in the list of God's heroes. They weren't perfect people. God's not looking for perfect people. He wants your heart perfect to Him. He wants you to be in love with Him. And if you fall over, He'll get you back up again. But don't lay down and give up like they did in the Valley of Bones. They lay down before they dried out. So what does it mean to draw back? It means to withdraw from the relationship. It's a heart thing. It means to hold back out of sight. So you may be going through things externally, but your heart isn't in it anymore. It means to become timid or fearful, draw back. 
Instead of being bold and doing what you used to do, now fear and timidity, and we're holding back from God. Does that make sense to you? It, it means to hold back from, from declaring what God has to say. In other words, no longer are we giving voice to testimonies of what God has done. We have withdrawn. See? Uh, or put it like this, to draw back means to be unwilling to commit to or declare what we believe to be true. And it happens so easily. Drawing back is a heart condition. It's a heart condition that becomes energized by demons. Demons want you to draw back because when you draw back, you have no authority and power in the spirit. You can't prevail and make headway. Life just becomes a struggle. This is what it, this is what it tells us. So, so what are the consequences of drawing back? There's always consequences. Here's the problem. With things of the spirit, it, they work on sowing and reaping. So you sow, there's a delay, then you reap. So when I counsel people and talk with people and help people, usually I've got to help them understood, understand that the problem they're reaping now, that quite some time ago they sowed sin, and that's why they're reaping this problem. We can't connect it together. And so what happens is when you draw back from God, nothing seems to change initially. But after time, you have become dry, disconnected, and you're in a valley where you've been defeated by the enemy of your destiny. See? And so, so these are some of the consequences. I won't open them up. I'll just share them, share with them what they are. There's always consequences we draw back. Here's what they are. We're no longer living and walking by faith. And that's the one requirement to please God. We're no longer living by faith. We're playing it safe. Secondly, we lose access to God's blessing and provision. So once you draw back, you draw back from access to his provision in your life and life starts to get harder and harder, but you don't notice it quickly because you haven't recognized what's happening to you. That's what's called the deceitfulness of sin. God has no pleasure we saw in the relationship. We, here's another thing. You lose the spiritual authority attached to your assignment. I'd love to share more on this, but every believer has an assignment, something God has for you to do. And the area you're responsible for, he gives you spiritual authority to prevail over all demonic activity. But when you draw back from that assignment, you lose your spiritual authority. Now you are up, you, you're no longer in a place where you can walk in victory. That's what makes this so serious. We become vulnerable to demonic attack. And I find every, there's no place I go that I don't find believers who are struggling with demonic attack. And, and more and more recently, over the last three years, we've, even I've been at home quite a bit of it, I've had a lot of work online and it's always been the same. People have been under attack spiritually and didn't know what to do. And almost every time you can locate a point, they drew back because of something that happened, lost their authority, and now they're being tormented and bullied by demons. Bullied. Demons are just bullies, spiritual bullies. They torment you with words and torment you with other kinds of things. Here's, here's another thing that happens when you draw back. When you draw back, not only do you lose spiritual authority, those who are under your care and protection are now uncovered. Think about that. See, when Adam 
withdrew from God and, and agreed with the devil, he immediately lost his authority, but everyone that came after him also was exposed. So, so if you're a father, the head of a household, a husband, the head of a household, then when you hold your ground in prayer and hold your connection with God and release blessing over your family and pray for your family, there's like a shield around your family. But if you draw back for whatever reason, they're all uncovered. And that makes life hard for your wife. She should have had you standing with her, keeping the heavens open over the marriage and over the family. And finally, there's a, uh, the, the worst aspect in some respects is there's a loss of God's approval and reward in his coming kingdom. I haven't got time to talk to you about that, but that's a very big issue in the Bible. So we, we see this consequence. Don't draw back. And if you draw back, today you want to come back. You want to come back near the Lord in any place you drew back. Let me just share with you uh, t- uh, two, two areas, one in the Old Testament, one in the New, where people drew back. The first one in the Old Testament, I've shared this before, is the story, well-known story, you know it, is Elijah. Elijah drew back. Elijah was given an assignment He was first of all an intercessor for Israel, then he became a prophet to the nation, and his assignment was to restore true worship to the nation. He was to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the children to the the fathers. He was to bring a restoration in families because the families had broken down, relationships had broken down, men had become emasculated, families and marriages were out of order. The spirit of Jezebel, that principality, the queen of heaven, had come and invaded the nation much like it's invading the nations of the West now. And, and of course, it's polluting it with all its stuff. And he was given an assignment. So as he started his assignment, his first part was to restore the altar of the Lord. And when he restored the altar of the Lord, the hearts of people shifted. Fire came from heaven. But then straight after that, in 1 Kings 19, when Jezebel heard about that, she sent a messenger. That spirit power doesn't get involved with you. It just sends messengers. Sometimes they're people who carry words of accusation, words of intimidation, words to frighten you, words to destroy your faith. And so the messenger came carrying the words of that spirit and he heard it when he saw that. We read through in 1 Kings 19, several things that he did. And it said uh, in, one, in verse 1, uh, verse 2, uh, the messenger, Jezebel sent the messenger to Elijah saying that the gods do to me and more also if I don't make your life like one of them by tomorrow. Now here it is. Now watch this. You'll see there's a point where he draws back. And I want you to notice what happens after he draws back. So first, you notice here, it says, when he saw that, so when the attack came, when the pressure came, when the spirit started to come against him to intimidate him, when he saw that, when he became intimidated, he was at a place of choice. Lean into God and find fresh courage and faith and resource to go on further or to do what he did. When he saw that, it says he ran for his life. In other words, he drew back. Notice what he did. He arose and ran for his life. He went to Beersheba, which is the other side of Judah, and left his servant there. He went a day's journey in the wilderness, came and sat down under a broom tree and prayed he might die, saying, this is enough, take my life. Notice here what happened. Once he drew back, a number of things happened to him. 
I want you to see what happens when you get attacked by demons, and particularly this principality, when it attacks you and you draw back from your assignment, draw back from your responsibility, draw back from the place God positioned you. When you draw back, things happen. It says, the first thing is he lost his spiritual positioning. Once he drew back, all, where's the boldness gone? Where's the man who mocked the prophets of Baal and called fire from heaven? Where's that man? He, he's lost his positioning and confidence in the spirit. He's lost that authority that he had. It was attached to standing in that role. Secondly, you notice then, he focused on saving himself. He ran. I got to get away. I got to save myself. When you allow demons to intimidate you and start to withdraw, then you think about yourself. You don't think about others. You don't think about God much. You don't think about what you can do to serve God. You're just thinking one thing, how can I save myself? In other words, the attention becomes totally refocused. Next thing we notice, he isolated. He left his friends. When people have withdrawn from their position, they tend to isolate and separate from relationship and connection. In New Zealand, we have lots of sheep. One of the things that gives the indication a sheep is sick is it isolates from the flock. How about that? Uh, he became passive. He sat down. Not only became passive and sat down, he became depressed and exhausted. Then he became suicidal. What he needed was a fresh touch of God and a fresh assignment from God. He needed to be empowered again. He's in the valley. He's dried spiritually. All he wants to do is give up. And God came to him and revived him like he can revive you. Amen. I want to share with you another couple of places. In the New Testament, in uh, Matthew 24, 42, Jesus said this. He said, watch. Now, Jesus is answering a question. What are the signs of the end of the age and the signs of your second coming? Now, this is very relevant for now because many, many of these signs have already been fulfilled. They're being fulfilled right in front of our eyes in this generation. I'm staggered at how all of these things are falling into place right now. And one of the things that in that passage that Jesus speaks of in Matthew 24, 25, he speaks, you need to watch, watch. He mentions watching twice and being ready once. Notice he says in verse 42, watch, you don't know what hour your Lord is coming. And he told them to watch and be ready. Watch means stay alert, stay vigilant. What is watch? What You're not looking here and there and all over and reading the media. Watching is about watching the condition of your heart. Watching is always connected to prayer and the condition of your heart. Watch your heart. In, in Proverbs 4.23, guard your heart diligently because that directs the course of your life. What, is you, what has been getting into your heart? What has been happening in your heart in the last season? Because if there's things cause you to draw back, you need to come alive again and be revived again. And so what he did then, I won't go into these parables if I just describe each one of them. He gave three parables, three stories. And each of the stories is about someone who did the right thing and someone who did the wrong thing. About someone who was ready and prepared and someone who was not ready and not prepared. And in fact, if you look at it closer, it was someone who engaged God and did what God wanted, fulfilled his assignment, and someone who withdrew back from what God called him to do. 
The first, in Matthew 24, he talks about the two servants. One servant is ministering to the house of God, feeding the house of God, serving the house of God. And the other one, notice this, every time you'll find it's a heart condition. He said in his heart, my master delays his coming. Oh, it's not going to happen in my lifetime. Oh, they've always been talking about this. He said in his heart, my, my master delays his coming. And so he withdrew from the character development, transformation of his life. God has got you on a journey to transform you. But if you don't understand the necessity of preparing for the coming of the Lord, you just quit on the way. It said he began to mistreat the fellow servants, began to mistreat other believers. He began to live a lifestyle like the ungodly. In other words, he didn't grow into the character of Christ. Rather, he just was careless with how he lived. He drew back from what he should have been doing, preparing for the coming of the Lord. The next parable that's uh, introduces in Matthew 25, he introduces the parable of the virgins. Five wise, five foolish. They're all virgins, all have lamps, all have oil. All are expecting the coming. These are all believers. Five are wise, five are foolish. Now, the interesting thing about these three stories, if you have a look at them closely, more attention is given to the foolish ones than the wise ones. Because this is Jesus telling us, don't be like this guy. Be ready, be prepared, watch, pray. Don't be like the foolish servant. Don't be like the foolish virgins. And if we read in that story there, remember the, the master came, and when the master came, it tells us very clearly what happened there. They draw, you see what happened there? They, the, the foolish virgins, they said, whoa, 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 we're running out of oil. We're running out of oil. And I said, come on, you give us some of your oil. And they said, no. They're not very nice, is it? No. I mean, everyone comes up in the altar course, they want to get the oil someone else paid the price for. But in this parable here, God expects you to prepare for the coming of Christ. And you prepare through prayer. You prepare through intimacy. And the, the, the wise virgin said, no. Go to those who sell and buy for yourself. In other words, she said, what are they saying is this. You can't just get this given to you at the last minute. You have to pay the price in prayer and personal relationship or you'll find yourself lacking at the coming of the Lord. And then the last one, notice they withdrew. The first one withdrew from transformation. The second one, the second group here, the five foolish virgins, they withdrew from prayer and intimacy. What about the last parable? The last parable is the parable of the talents. Remember, you know the story very well. The five talents, two talent, one talent. And it's all about the one talent guy. The one talent guy, this is what the master came and said, tell me, how productive have you been with your service? And he said, oh, well, I was afraid of you. I, you know, I, really, I was afraid. I just buried it all. I withdrew from serving. And he received disapproval and the loss of everything he had. Now you notice here that this is Jesus teaching on the importance of us not withdrawing from engaging with him in our prayer life, transformation of our inner life, and in serving. I, I wish we had more time to teach on all of those, but yeah, you can look at them all yourself. But let me give you three things that I know cause people to draw back. Everyone is a heart condition. Everyone is also energized by demons. First one is fear. Fear. Fear will cause you to draw back. 
Fear is a condition of the heart where you lose courage to follow through what God wants you to do. Fear is firstly a heart condition, but it's energized by demons. In 2 Timothy 1.6, he says, Timothy, Timothy, stir up the gift of God inside you by the laying on of my hands. For God did not give you a spirit of fear, gave you a spirit of power and love and a sound mind. Now, what is, what's happened to Timothy is this. Timothy has withdrawn from moving in the supernatural. He's intimidated. And Paul is telling him, stir up the gift. Fear will cause you to surrender to demonic influence to control you. Fear will cause you to shut down operating in the gifts of the Spirit. Fear will cause you to draw back from serving God. Fear will cause you to draw back from taking steps of faith to enlarge and to grow and increase. It is a heart condition. It's a spirit. And if that's where you are today, God wants to set you free from that fear. He wants your heart turned to Him to believe His Word again and to engage with Him again. The second thing that causes people to draw back is offense. Offense. Offense is a heart condition empowered by demons. It's a heart condition. Offense what is offense? It's a wall you build in your heart. You construct it out of pride, unforgiveness, anger, and unwillingness to let things go and release the grace of God. It becomes energized by demons and it causes you to draw back. And the last one is the area that I felt the Lord speak to me, and this is where I want to finish up with, is the area of disappointment. What is disappointment? Disappointment is a painful, sad experience when you've looked forward to something and it didn't happen and something you weren't expecting happened. And I was in prayer just not so long ago and the Lord spoke to me. He said, you need to resolve your disappointments. And I thought, oh, okay, how do I do that? So now I'll sit down and make a list of them all. And I was surprised how many there were. And after I'd written them all down, I said, what do I do with this now, Lord? He said, I want to teach you about disappointment. And he said, notice this, and see, disappointment will draw you back. He said, these are the things he said about, he said, disappointments accumulate if you don't resolve them quickly. They build. See, think about that. Here's the second thing he told me about disappointment. He said, they cause you to lose passion and expectation of the future. Third thing he said is, they lead you to fear future disappointment so you won't take risks you're now trying to control your life and make it safe they cause you to draw back from intimacy because we're not sure we can really trust God because what happened really hurt and God I don't understand why that happened I've been through many many seasons of disappointment I hadn't realized during the COVID just how they'd accumulated again and the Lord said you need to resolve them you need to resolve them. He says that, he told me this, he said, disappointments are exploited by demonic spirits to get you out of your assignment and your destiny. Fear, offense, disappointment, all of them can cause you to draw back. And I have no doubt there'll be people here today, and even as I've shared this, you know, you drew back. Oh, you're still in church, still coming, still giving, still pray to read the Bible. But it's a heart condition where actually I'm wounded, I'm hurt, I'm afraid, 
I'm disappointed. I'm not sure I can trust anymore. So I'll just step back and play it safe. That's a bad place to be in. That means you're in the valley and you've been defeated. And it's a little bit of time and then hope goes and you become dry and isolated from others. The Spirit of God is moving to restore people today. To restore people today. Why don't we just stand up right now? If this has happened to you, just recognize Holy Spirit is speaking to me now and ask Him to show you what caused you to draw back. He'll show you just like that. And make a decision. You'll bring it to Him. You'll acknowledge it to Him. Take responsibility for it. Repent of not trusting Him. See, I had to learn the scripture from Psalm 46. Oh God, you are our refuge. We turn to you for comfort. You are our strength. You are a very present help in trouble. I want to invite people to come forward. If you've had disappointment, if you've had disappointments in family life and marriage and you walk with God, Sometimes it's with other Christians. Sometimes it's with leaders. Sometimes it's with the church. It doesn't really matter what caused it. It's what you do with it is what counts. Just make your way to the front. Say, God, I want to bring my disappointment to the cross. And if you've got a fence in your heart, it doesn't really matter who's right or wrong. Your heart has a wall in it. You've drawn back. You need to come. You need to come. You built that wall, only you can take it down by choosing to forgive. Jesus said, if we won't forgive, demons will torment us. And fear, perhaps for some of you, it's just fear. Things have happened and you become intimidated and you know you've lost the passion and the fire and you say, God, come and help me today. I don't want to live that way. It's just come. I love people to build an altar with their heart before the Lord. Just prepare your heart right now. Is there something you need to acknowledge, something you need to repent of, someone you need to forgive? Just do it right now. Talk to Jesus. You see, people can come and lay hands on you, but if your heart is not prepared, I found so little happens. But when our heart is prepared, what is that thing that intimidated you? You know what David did? He ran to it. He ran to it with the Word of God. He said, I'm going to take you down because with you is an arm of flesh and with me is the Spirit of God. When David was really disappointed, you know what he did? He lost everything. 1 Samuel 30, this is what he did. He wept. He just wept. And that's what I did with all those disappointments. I just wept and wept and wept and wept because I'd allowed it to accumulate in my heart. And then after David wept, then he strengthened himself in the Lord and received a prophetic word and recovered everything. It's okay to weep right now. You just let the Holy Spirit come into that place in your heart. This is what I'm going to do. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. I'll lead you in a prayer. And then we're just going to worship the Lord together. And as we worship the Lord, I'm going to release the Holy Ghost over you. I'm going to breathe the Spirit of God and command those tormenting spirits to go. 
We've got a ministry team here. You can come and just help with the ministry. But I'd like you just, those who come forward, if you could just lift your hands in prayer. And those who haven't come forward, why don't you stretch your hands towards them and just follow me in this prayer. Jesus, I open my heart to you. I confess to you today, I have drawn back. I've drawn back in my heart because of fear, disappointments, offenses. Lord, today, I return to you. Come and breathe upon me. Breathe upon me, Holy Spirit. Deliver me from my oppressors. Set me free from fear, from disappointment, from grief. Set me free today. And Lord, today, anoint me afresh. I commit again to my assignment. I commit again to the call of God. I commit again to my relationship with you. Thank you, Lord. Come on, let's worship Him now together. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I stand in my apostolic office. I speak into the spirit realm. I take authority over every controlling power. I bind your operations and I speak to tormenting spirits. On my command, you will lose people. You will go from people. You will flee from this room at the name of Jesus. When I count to three, one, two, three, come out in Jesus' name. Witchcraft, fear, bitterness, disappointment, grief, tormenting spirits, death, bitterness, hatred, self-hate, sorcery, divination, go, go, unclean spirits, addictions, go, 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 go in Jesus' name.